this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I oh, I don't have a good one for this episode. I'm I'm bitches and I'm Evan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chris and Jenna with in a skin suit, and I'm Ronnie. <laughs> if you can tell by these kinky introductions, <laughs> Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season. However, I'm drunk with power, and we're currently covering a two-season show, Pushing Daisies. It's very good. You can watch along and CW Seed. They're our sponsor. They are not. They're not. They're not. But they we do, do not have a terrible them. name to say. They have a terrible, terrible mouthfeel. Name. It's a bad player app. Yeah, but it's, it's free. It does. It, it does not work on our PlayStation, but it is free. Yeah. Yes. It's very bad. CW Seed. It's also on HBO Max. It is on uh, HBO where, Max. Where it is not free, um, but it is a better experience. And HBO Max sucks also. That yeah. should tell you how bad CWC is. Ours was broken mm-hmm. for two days. It just didn't work. No shows on it worked. It had some kind of update that, that prompted us just today, and it was finally working again. But, you know. Anyway, uh, if you can tell by those independent podcasts, before we get into that, I have a bit for us. <laughs> I love it. <him. laughs> It's like the, equivalent. the alphabet. You have yeah, to say yes, it. I was gonna say it's the equivalent of like what letter comes after R. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Oh, uh, what's the bit? By the way, if you had uh, Lee Pace's magical powers, oh, which ones? Who, the ones where he's if you had phenomenal beautiful? eyebrows? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, if you had Lee Pace's magical powers from the hit TV show that only was two seasons, Pushing Daisies, who would you uh, who would you touch and, uh, and why? Oh, mm. it would have to be somebody recently dead because they do decompose. So they dig up someone. Yeah, and they only they only um, don't show you how gross that is because it's not that kind of show. Look, this is set in the Fullerverse. They could have shown us anything they wanted, uh, but. Uh, you know, this is just a fun bit, so, like, like, don't let decomposition stop you. This is just a fun it, bit. It does become a significantly less fun bit if it's who has died in the past uh, 72 yeah, it hours is, uh, it is way that less you fun. would like to bring back. Uh, yeah, let's, For a let's, minute. Yeah, for a minute. Are we playing minute rules? Uh, Unless you is... want someone to randomly drop dead in random proximity, which is fine. Hmm. So you're asking, who would I kill? <laughs> so that someone else could live. I mean, not, who are you bringing to the graveyard with you? Yeah, in the dark That's devil's bargain. That's also an important asterisk on this question. If you do intend to dig this person up, who are you asking to help you, and are you willing to kill that person? I mean, fresh uh, grave. You know, it's it's nice. Look, this is supposed to be a fun bit, and y'all are ruining it. Yeah, let's think about all the dead people we want to touch. Um, Evan, why don't, why don't you go? Because <laughs> I, cause I why know Andy likes this, to... Why are you putting this evil on me, Ronnie? Because I can't think of any, and I know Andy likes to go last. I do like to go last. Uh, even uh, though Andy probably has a prepared... Uh, oh, I have a good answer, actually. Go ahead, go ahead. I have a lavender ahead. plant that I killed by mistake, and I wish hey. it wasn't dead. So um, I would just go outside right now and bring that lavender plant back to life, and I would be okay if a patch of grass or something nearby died. That's really what I would do with that power. That's a that's a sensible, um, uh, non horrific use of that power. God, I won't I won't copy you, but goodness gracious, yes, that is all that I want is like these poor stupid geraniums that I planted high high up, so it's hard to tend to them that have just like completely crapped out, and it's like what. Oh, so upset. Mm. Very upset. You do love your plants. I do like my plants very much. I just got some new uh, vegetables to put in my garden and some Ooh. herbs. 
I just planted oh. a bunch of radishes and I planted hey. some green beans. Oh. We're gonna have a whole gonna be a whole thing. Gonna be a whole thing. Planted some hopes and dreams. I don't do actual plants, so I just I buried some hopes sure. and dreams. I'm gonna water them. Okay. You can feed the chicken. I felt left out. The, the the chickens scare me a little bit. You've never yeah. fed the chickens. I have not. I I, yeah. I, I, I do their water, but listen. Listen, it's only, I'm only happy, I'm not happy that you find them terrifying, but I am happy that you're correct and seeing the light of, of I find the responsibility reality. terrifying. Okay. Not so much the chickens, but. I fielded this idea with you. I'm gonna, this has reminded me to make you feed the chickens sometimes, because they're your children also. <laughs> I feel more like your pet, but yeah, yeah, I mean. Do I, you I eat help. the eggs or do you not? I do. Mm, yeah. I did cook uh, the eggs up for some breakfast burgers tonight. They were real good. Mm -hmm. So Ronnie, if, who would you who would you bring back? So if Lee Pace may Lee Pace, so in in this universe, Lee Pace, I'm 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 tangenting us a little bit here. Lee Pace touches touches dead dead terrible strawberries and they turn into delectable little morsels of alive strawberries. Can is can Lee Pace eat meat? Because if Lee Pace touches a chicken breast, what? Oh no! What happens? Oh no! Oh no! You've hit on something, Ronnie. You really you've arrived I guess nothing, at a conundrum. I guess nothing would happen because, like with the strawberry, everything that's needed for life is right there. But yeah. would the chicken breast? It's a dead thing. Would it turn back into like a a chicken breast just without a body around it? Lee Pace has to be a vegetarian. That I don't recall seeing him eat meat at any point mm. in the show. So. Maybe they did think of that and just didn't feel like taking the time to explain it amongst all the other very complicated stuff they have to explain all the time. So I'm going to, my headcanon is that, yeah, he's a vegetarian um, because the implications of him not being that would be, although I guess he could just touch the meat, wait a second, touch it again, and then, because he can't bring it back to life twice, you know? Except now you are preparing a meal which was just pulsating in your little cart styrofoam container. That's not going to make me be like, mm, can't wait for this chicky chicky parm parm. Uh, I, I don't, I'm just saying it's logistically possible. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Lee, Lee Pace's character in this is very neurotic. I would totally buy that he just doesn't want to deal with that. Understandable. I think that I would like to bring back to life for a minute. Um, it's hard because, like, Lee Pace in the show doesn't like to do this. This isn't a thing he does for kicks for, like, yeah. the obvious reason of, like, this There's sucks a bunch. There's no right answer here. Um, There's no good answer to this question. You can do you can do a a plant or an animal, Ronnie. I think it's no, only fair. I, I don't even like animals that much. Um, don't hate me, internet. Um, I guess I would ask Andy to go next. Okay, <laughs> my answer is Mitch McConnell. <laughs> oh, so you would kill Mitch McConnell is what you're saying? Because he's obviously like been resurrected. So. Oh, he's already dead. Yeah, he's already dead. So I would just touch him so that he. Bloop. But your touch didn't bring him back to life in the beginning. So I don't know if that would work. look. I don't know how the rules work. I'm just <laughs> saying Mitch McConnell's already dead and I would use my dark necromantic powers of Lee Pace and Pushing Daisies to end the, the blight. As it were, this is all like a, a jokey joke thing, FBI. Like, I'm not going to go look FBI, whoever the FBI agent listening to our podcast right now. Mitch McConnell's actively decomposing. We're watching him do it. Like, who do you think you're you're kidding? Get your guys on that. Come this on. This is some curse of straw shit. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Ronnie, that was my jokey jokey answer. Yeah, I would go to the Natural History Museum and Tap a big old dinosaur skeleton. This is a good That's answer, like, yeah, Roddy. This is a good answer. This is a really good answer. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Best case scenario, 
we got a dinosaur, just kind of a skeleton dinosaur, just kind of like fumbling around, falling apart for a minute. Worst case scenario, I can't catch the dinosaur. What's going to die that is dinosaur size? Yeah. It's a, literally a whale. Kong's Godzilla versus Kong. All of a sudden, King Kong is just like, and like, wait, what happened? I'm this is a great answer. I'm shocked you didn't say Andrew Lloyd Webber. You could just Webber, do like a musical number for sure a minute. Is very much alive. Really? Yeah. How old do you think Andrew Lloyd Webber's musicals are? How long ago do you think they were written? Oh, oh I, I know that, like, Cats was from, like, the 80s or 90s with a bunch of cocaine, but I, I just kind of figured he died in, like, 2012 or something. No, he, he did. No, he was doing around. a big. He was doing a big uh, fundraiser every every month of the beginning of the pandemic. He was, like, making his shows available for free online and, like, donating proceeds. Oh, that's proceeds. so cool. Yeah. That's great. You, you could have said, like, Rodgers and Hammerstein. Those are, like, sure, classic, yeah. old-fashioned ones. But here's the thing. Just, like, bang out a 60-second right. hit with them. The thing is, uh, and do come from the internet, I can't stand Rodgers and Hammerstein shows. So I would, I would not, I would, I would bring them to life and invite them to dig up uh, a dinosaur. So the what's, thing. uh... What's one of their shows? Sound of Music, Oklahoma. Oklahoma's not bad. Sound of Music, The King and I, like South Oklahoma. Pacific. I hate uh, South Pacific. I was in yeah. South Pacific. Yeah, so. it's, it's, what it's, is that about? It's about... It's, it's about a Frenchman living on an island and some very, like, look at how exotic these islanders mm. are things in World War Two. Mm-hmm. Mm. And there's kind of like a shitty soldier. There, there's like two city shitty romance plots mm. going on at the same time. It's very bad. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, Oklahoma's the new version that they created where it's like actually deals with some of the trauma of what Oklahoma is. That's good. And Rogers and Hammerstein, Cinderella, the film Oklahoma version slaps. About the Dust Bowl. What's that? Is Oklahoma about the Dust Bowl? I've never seen that either. It's kind of about just like living in the in the old west, and like sometimes people murder you, and sometimes people are creepy and want to molest you. It's real. Uh. It's it's complicated, and they've never done it complicated until like I mean they probably have, but the big version was the one that recently came out, and it was very good. But that was not Rogers and Hammerstein's intent. Uh, yeah. Sound of Music and I'll Carousel. I'll give him Sound of Music. Sound of Music is dope. I hate Sound of Music. Sound of Music. Never seen it. Let's 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 lay out a typical like we're working our way into a song in the Sound of Music. Oh, uh, Maria, would you like to sing us a song? Yes, I'll sing you a song. Let's all sit down for a song. That's not how musicals work. Don't do that. It's also a little. I, I saw it. Sound, at like, Sound of Music is great, except for the idea that sometimes Nazis are cute. Right. That's well, that's, that's the, the only biggest, bad part. There's, which, there's to be fair, it's a very didn't, bad part. But didn't, didn't didn't this actually happen though? Like the Von Traps are real people. Yeah, and guess what? They're actually terrible. It's been like let out that the Von Traps were like terribly abusive parents. Hmm. That's, Sound I guess, of music sucks. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not backing down on this. <laughs> Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella with uh, Brandy is is excellent. Um, but I would I would uh, awaken a dinosaur skeleton at the history of natural music. No, natural that's a great music. answer. Yeah, that's a very good answer. All of us. Some of those answers. bones are some of those bones are real dinosaur bones. Some of them are just mm-hmm. like styrofoam, and it would be fun figuring out which is which. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you would be in there just sneaking around, like seeing where you could, where you could touch when nobody would see. Like, ah, ah, mm-hmm. can I get that bone? Uh, all right. I guess we're talking about the show now. I guess we got to talk about the show. show. Yeah, let's talk about we're, we're several the minutes show. In. Uh, we, we, we watched episodes four, five, and six. Evan, would you care to, uh, to tell us about these episodes? Yeah, I Massive did something recaps. that I don't normally do because I'm a I'm a hot mess express. I'm a trash can. Um, I don't normally write down episode summaries, but for this one, I had to, I had to, there was no way I was going to explain any of these in under an hour if I didn't have summaries. So here we go. Episode four, pigeon, uh, a pigeon carrying a message hits the window of the pie shop and it dies. Ned accidentally brings it back to life, but its wing is damaged. And so Olive brings it to Lily and Vivian so they can fix it. 
so they can deliver its message. There's, they've got a complicated thing. There's a lot of emotional weight tied up in this bird for all of these people. Uh, meanwhile, a plane crashes into an apartment complex. Ned and Emerson get hired to investigate the plane crash. They find that an escaped convict hijacked the plane because he's trying to get to a windmill where his mentor hit a bunch of diamonds. Uh, Olive fixes the pigeon, and it also leads them to the same windmill. At the windmill, the convict and the uh, everybody, the gang, Emerson and Ned and Chuck and um, Olive, uh, they, they, uh, there's a young woman at this windmill, and it turns out that the message the pigeon was carrying had been from the convict to her, and these two had been exchanging letters via pigeon for many years because the convict's mentor in prison had been desperately in love with the windmill girl's mother, which is why he hid his diamonds there at the windmill she lived in. And the convict and the windmill girl had kept up, kept up their correspondence, each assuming that they were talking to their older counterparts, the mentor and the mother, but uh, they had been talking to each other and falling in love the whole time. So they're in love now. Yay! That, that's the end of the episode. Uh, episode five is called Girth, which is a part of a horse saddle. Just, just for reference. Uh, it's a Halloween episode, which I love. Uh, we mm -hmm. see a flashback to Ned's sad childhood where he learned on Halloween that his dad had basically abandoned him and his, had abandoned him for another family. We don't know if this is before or after his mother died. I assumed before his mother died. We never saw his dad in the early flashbacks. Uh, so Ned hates Halloween because his dad abandoned him and he learned about it in its full actuality on Halloween. Um, Olive hears about a jockey who was trampled to death by a horse, and she hires Emerson to investigate it because she believes foul play was involved. Ned brings the jockey back to life. The jockey says the ghost of a dead jockey, not this dead jockey, different dead jockey, the ghost of a dead jockey killed him, a specific one. Uh, Olive then confesses that she used to be a jockey, and she was unwittingly involved in the cover-up of this ghost jockey's presumed murder, along with three other jockeys. So she thinks that the ghost is back for revenge and that she's next. But it turns out that the jockey whose death Olive helped to cover up is not dead, and he's also a super nice guy, but his mom is bitter that his career was ruined by this incident where he was presumed dead. So she has been killing the people who she sees as responsible for his death. Uh, also at the end, Olive kisses Ned, and Ned is not into it. Uh, episode 6 is called Bitches. Not a great title. Not a great title, guys. Um, Ned continues to be in love with Chuck. Olive continues to be in love with Ned. Olive continues to think Chuck faked her own death, and she's bitter that Ned is in love with Chuck and not her, but Chuck and Olive are sort of coming to understand each other. They're sort of developing uh, an alliance. Uh, in the A-plot, a dog-breeding polygamist was murdered by one of his four wives, presumably, because his coffee was poisoned and all of his wives gave him coffee. Um, all of the wives had dog-related professions, also. Uh, so Ned, Emerson, Chuck, and Olive talk to each of the wives individually, trying to figure out which one is guilty. For a while, they think that none of them are guilty, and that a guy who wanted the dog breeder, the dead one, the guy who wanted the dog breeder's special prize-winning secret dog, wanted him dead, so he'd get the special prize-winning secret dog, but it turns out that it was the first wife who killed him after all because she didn't want to be in a polygamous relationship after all and the guy with the dog rivalry was just a red herring that's as short as i could get him well done love it love it love it very well done very well done um these episodes of chock-a-block 
just just super full wall to wall stuff a, happening of a, yes so much so much going on uh hey andy that's me as you these these chaka blaka pushing daisy episodes did they work for you they did excellent hey, Evan. yeah andy uh, did, uh, did these, uh, did these three episodes work for you? Yeah! I like this show. I find it soothing. I find it pleasant. There's definitely a lot going on, but, um, I kind of don't mind. It just kind of, like, fits into the weird, wacky world that this is all taking place in. So, yeah, I liked them. I'm, uh, I'm fully in charge now. I'm just, uh, I, I've taken over. I, I'm it's Ronnie fine. now. Hey, That's Ronnie. Fine. Hey, yeah! Did, uh, did these uh, do these three episodes work for you? Uh, they did. Uh, they they super did. And I would love to tell you all exactly why they did. In yeah. a little segment I like to call, uh, what worked for us? Um, so let's <laughs> jump like right in. Here's the theme song. What worked for us? What worked? Um... I love the characters and and the dynamics between them. Like every time I start to think that like a character is going to become an antagonist or a villain or just like a character that annoys me, they have like real honest growth and like development and they're not just on the screen because that's the like the the trope that has been written into this episode. They're actually like living, breathing human beings. I feel um, like you're specifically talking about one character right mm-hmm. now. I feel like well, no, because last time I talked about how Chuck was kind of grating on my nerves a little bit. Yeah, and early in this, like Ned is kind of a little like I love Lee Pace. Don't get me wrong, Lee Pace rules. But Ned is kind of like at some point seems like hapless to the point of like. Why are you doing this? Like, this is this is not like fully realized. Um, and of course, Kristen Chenoweth is, uh, you know, early on written to be a real thorn in the side of, of the, uh, the mystery machine group, Mystery Inc. Um, but everyone just kind of like has real solid developments and they kind of find their way to mesh in and are not just like painted portrait up on the screen that we just have to accept her there and like be annoyed at um it's like i i I think i've mentioned this show quite a bit of new girl like new girl is the best when all four of the housemates are just like locked in the house playing house and just kind of doing that this feels like the origin story of like a new girl-esque team i i really really enjoyed when um emerson uh olive Chuck and Ned were all sitting in the booth together kind of going over their their like plots and schemes. That mm-hmm. just was fun. And I and I it's it feels like a very gradual and organic way that we got here. Um For sure. And it it it, it may have like it could have easily gone the other way of everyone just being like, "I don't like you." But everyone has like a genuine reason to be kind to each other and and helpful to each other and it just it, you know, Sometimes, sometimes that's not how it happens. And I like that it did. I think a huge asset this show has is the, like, storybook narrator. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think narration or, like, some sort of, like, uh, monologue over events is is played out. And it's usually done very clumsily and not very good. Uh, this dude slaps. Uh, yeah. I love the the storybook narrator. It's very, very good. They really lean into what a narrator can do. They lean into the stylization of the narration mm-hmm. because it's not just like somebody explaining shit that they're too lazy to explain to you in the context of the episode. The narrator's really adding something. Like right. the narrator does this thing where every time you encounter a new character, he does this thing where he he gives the exact number of years, months, weeks, days, hours, minutes, and seconds that they've been alive, and then the exact, you know, years, days, hours, minutes, seconds since the last event in the story. And it's just like a little thing. First of all, it's like sort of clever because it just sort of reminds you of the concept of death 
without like slapping you in the face with it. So it feels in keeping with the theme of the of the show. But it's also like a quirky little thing that the narrator does. And like the the narrator is also used to expound on people's feelings in a way that you see in the show. You see it happening, but then the narrator just like emphasizes it with some kind of narration, like some kind of poetic little thing yeah. that the narrator says. Some kind of says. metaphor that's like based on what is happening before you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I do think that the two characters who have served most well by the narrator is Chuck and Kristen Chenoweth. One, Chuck is dealing with the like emotional upheaval of dying, being brought back to life, but having to keep that a secret from the people she was closest to. And the narrator is kind of like helping guide the viewers through her emotional journey of like acceptance and like dealing with that. And then Christian Chenoweth's character who started out extremely jealous of Chuck and like, doing some stuff that could have been uh, really, like, toxic and inappropriate, but, like, the narrator was guiding us through um, kind of her perspective and emotional state and why she was doing it, and then uh, she thinks that Chuck faked her own death and started a new life and uh, thought it was really cruel to Chuck's aunts, and so... Kristen Chenoweth was kind of like dealing with whether or not to, to ride her out and spoil it. And maybe she would then get Ned and like the narrator kind of helping sort through all that really invaluable because she could have been remarkably unlikable for all that. And she wasn't right. Then I, I, the narrator is wild to me because like you said, Evan, there are these beats that like always come up. And like another thing the narrator does is like the facts are these and like goes into like really, really like, info dump session that where it's like you wouldn't be able to get that if it was just like shown and not told and it's it feels formulaic because those kind of things are in every episode but maybe because of like the storybook look of the show and <clears throat> because all of these actors are communicating so much information so many emotions with their I mean that's Lee Pace's whole thing it's like those eyebrows go up and it's like, what's going on in that brain? I want to know everything. And the show's like, oh, it's this. And it's like, oh, good. Now I know. And like the actors, I, I would love to go through like a script and like take out the narration and see how much dialogue there actually is. Because I would reckon there's not probably a whole lot. It's probably like two or three yeah. paragraphs yeah. of Lee Pace going, bah, 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 and Chuck going, bah, 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 and Emerson going, uh-uh. And then the rest is just narration. Uh, but there it works are, really well. Yeah, there are dialogue-heavy chunks, but they are few and far between. Mm -hmm, and the mm -hmm. rest is mostly just, like, gasps and right. facial close-ups and rapid, dramatic zoom-outs. Right. Yeah. It's, it saves Lee Pace from having to, like, this neurotic character who doesn't want to reveal a whole lot of his past. It saves him from having to go on these, like, info-dump sessions, which is, like, why the narrator exists, but like this show is just like one of the only, I guess we, we've had a couple in a row now between this and, and I am not okay with this of like the way narration has been done well. And like, there's just so many examples of it being like trash and I, yep. I'm glad to see some good ones. I like that the dog understands the situation. Yeah, yep. the dog is like a person. The, the dog no understands that Ned can't touch him. Fully aware. And, yeah, and is fine with it. Not but, happy about it, but he gets it and, and like understands why. That the, the dog is not a real dog. It is like a lassie dog, a hero dog. And uh, fully, fully is aware of the new limitations on his relationship with Ned. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of even in the scene where each each of the the mystery ink team go in to talk to the different dog professionals every every time they take Digby in with them. And it's like Digby knows like what's going on. He knows here the too. role is, that he's playing. I yeah. almost said, how did they keep the dog from touching Lee Pace in between takes? 
as if Lee Pace's touch would would uh, yeah. drop the puppy dead, but that's not how. Yeah, that's, not, that, that's Pace. not the magic is is in the, and just in cut. the show. Someone get the dog. Really Someone get the dog. Yeah. Whoops. Um, I'm dumb. No, you're just immersed in the in exactly. The reality I just bought it so much. Yeah, like well, the little girl a, from the fall. It's exactly what we were talking about last time. Of just you know being so anxious about Lee Pace getting close to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like how we um as much as like this world has like very specific rules. I like that the rules aren't super duper duper granular we see like very frequently ned like bumps into somebody and like through his shirt like i think the pigeon just gets like knocked into pe- into ned's like shirted torso and the pigeon no, comes touches, back to life it touches his skin does it touch sure. his skin yeah okay I, I i feel like there's some i don't know i i feel like there's some moments where it's kind of like is this a skin touch is this a clothes touch regardless like, we don't need to know that, like, beekeeper outfits are made of this type of material, and this type of material is safe for Ned. It's just, it's just, it's fine. It works. It, it, we don't yeah. need to ask don't too many worry questions. About it. Chuck's not dead, so it must be fine. Yeah. Also, um, like, why is it a minute? Who knows? Who cares? That's right. not the point. This right. is the, the magic powers are a storytelling device that we are right. using in this universe. Don't fucking worry about it. It's not a plot hole. Stop using the word plot hole, guys on the internet. <laughs> Stay away from me. Uh, famously small person Kristen Chenoweth being a secret horse jockey is the yes. funniest fucking thing I've ever yes. seen. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good to have Chris, like, just have this actor who's not like you know, a little person by any means, but is just like a a small woman and is famously a small woman to just be like, what does she do for a living? What is her past life like? Yeah, she's a jockey. That's, that's there's what also she does. they go to a bar for jockeys where there's a sign on the wall that says no one over sixty inches is allowed to be in the bar. That's five feet tall. Nobody over five feet tall is allowed to be in the bar. And so they have this like moment with Emerson where it's like. It is lampooning racism is what it's doing. But yeah, it's it's very funny. Uh, I just liked that uh, Kristen Chenoweth had this backstory where A, she was extremely successful and B, she was hyper competitive because it just seems to fit the the character really well. Like, I don't know. She doesn't seem like someone who has lived in this small town uh, working in this pie restaurant her whole life, and it was fun to dig into uh, an episode that was like about her her whole situation before. Mm-hmm. And we and we learn more about like what brought her to the pie hole, which is, I don't know if we've said that's the name of the restaurant. Um, <laughs> what has brought her to the pie hole in the next episode? In another way that does not feel like expository, it just feels organic and natural of her talking to like the dog. Uh, fashion expert kind of thing. Um, her horse named Pie. Her horse named Pie, and this is a great bit where she keeps saying, "So I found, so I lost Pie, the, the horse, not the food." And then I came across a restaurant shaped like a pie, the food, not the horse. <laughs> it's a good bit. It's a very good yeah. bit. Um, they um, gosh, I was gonna say something. Um, someone has, if someone else has something, um, I have a a controversial opinion that I think I need to say for negatives, but this is just a a, a teaser, a teaser for when we get there. (laughs) I love the little, little interstitial. I'm just like, Hey, if you're getting bored of all these good things, don't worry. Cause we're going to get ribbled in a second. I, 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 I feel like I might, uh, might cause a, a bit of a controversy in the uh, the Pushing Daisies fandom with it. Yikes. From the show that's like 10 years old now. Yikes. Older than that, like 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like, we talked about last time about how 
uh, Emerson has like kind of an unconventional role in these like crime procedural shows um, being a, a black man, like getting to kind of be the audience surrogate and kind of like being able to look at like the ridiculousness of Ned and Chuck and Olive and kind of, you know, be able to be the grounded one, um, which I don't think that frequently gets to happen. In, he's, in, he's, he's also driving the plot in yes. a lot of ways, which I think is really important. Yeah, it's his job is the reason that yeah. they're bringing people back to life and investigating mysteries and stuff. Lee P- I think I said it last time. Lee Pace is, is amazing and great. And I'm glad he's here. I, f- I feel like Emerson is the protagonist, like yeah. the, the primary uh, dr- person in this show, the ca- main character. Um, uh, there's a scene where the, um, you know, the morgue director or something, the medical, you know, he he, he runs the morgue and they go, keep sneaking, not sneaking by, but kind of like keep showing up in his office to be able to examine the bodies, um, examine, wink, wink. Um, and finally this, who is, he is also a black man kind of like comes out and is like, can I talk to you? And, and him and Emerson have this conversation where it's like very much like what we're thinking as like, again, as the audience of like, you're spending a lot of time with this white boy and, and this is, this is his words Uh, and like something shady is going on here. And like, what, what is happening? It just was like a very like good moment where this character who like gets to like be like yeah this this shit is weird but also i do need you to let us go in there and touch a body uh so that i can make some money uh it was just it was just a fun scene for this character who has been just kind of very dry the entire time Mm -hmm. that uh that uh morgue guy the more he's not a he's not a funeral director yeah i don't know i don't know what his actual job is but the the running joke with that guy where he keeps encountering lee pace and and lee pace just claims to be various different people like the you know plumbing inspector or whatever and the guy does not believe him at any point but it's just like "Mm, okay yeah all right (laughs) yeah whatever that running joke was very good when I worked as a cashier at the Bethers Market, uh, for maybe uh a month, this kid would come in two times a week and buy lighters, and he was maybe like twelve years old. I was like sixteen or seventeen, and every time he'd be like real sweaty and nervous. And he'd give me some kind of like weird excuse for why he was buying lighters. <laughs> no, I I dropped my other lighter down a storm drain, and uh, I need a new lighter. <laughs> a big one was that it was for a science project. He used mm. that a couple times. He'd be I'd be like, oh, you buying another lighter, and you'd be like, it's for a science project. Oh, that's like, good. I mean, uh, kids uh, yeah. kids are always doing science projects. Science projects. Fire is pretty scientific. <laughs> the fucking summer, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh. Eventually, I I was just like, hey, come here. And, like, I stepped around my little thing and, like, looked at him and was like, look, kid, they don't pay me, like, anything. I'm making five cents over minimum wage. You could use these lighters to burn this building down and I would not stop you. You could take them. And I would not stop you. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing with them. I'm curious, but I don't care. And you can just buy these and not tell me what they're for. You don't got to lie. You don't got to lie to me, bud. And uh, I never saw them again. <laughs> he never came back. He never fucking came back. Oh, that's good. I, uh, so I never did find out what those lighters were for. He was definitely just lighting stuff on fire. Oh, in the woods. probably. Yeah. Like he was just emptying some of them out and like dowsing some, some like cardboard in lighter fluid and just like lighting them on fire with his friends. We used to blow up fruit all the time. It was great. Okay. That's how you have yeah, fun. It exploded real cool. Yeah. We, in a, in a similar, but far less insidious story. When I worked at the cold stone creamery, we had a gentleman who would come to the mall every day. He would ask for a, a, a sample 
of one of the flavors, mm. would get the flavor, would stand there staring at the glass for a good 30 seconds and just say, exactly the same every time, I think I'm going to grab some on my way out, thanks. And would just carry on and we wouldn't see him for the rest of the day until the next day when he would do that. And very similarly, one of my uh, co-workers pulled us, was just like, you can just have a sample. That's why they're, they're samples. You don't have to, like, go through this whole hemming and hawing. And, like, to a T, he would come back, do the same thing. And if my one co-worker was working, he would say, hmm, I think I'm just, ah, I would just, like, give him finger guns <laughs> and walk away. But otherwise, he would give the whole spiel. Love it. Oh, the, the Love mall it. people. Mall people are the best. Oh, boy. Um, hey, Andy. Yes, me. I think you've uh, you've teased it enough. Yeah, we've right. gotten to the negatives. We've arrived. Unless there's unless there's um, a little bit of things that are uh, not fetishes, but definitely um, appear in this show to be a sexy thing. I feel like we've gotten around. They, there is some some talk about non, um, you know, what's what's the non monogamous partnerships. In yeah. lieu of being able to touch each other, holding hands and kissing other people and pretending it's, you know, your 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 significant other. Uh well they the the one armed bandit ties the woman up mm. and she's kind of into it. Yeah. Um also I'm pretty sure like prosthetic limbs is a fetish. I mean, anything's a fetish if you Google it. Hard there's enough. a lot of stuff in here that could be a yeah. fetish if you just think about it. There's, too there's hard a lot for a of fetishy seconds. stuff in this show that don't is think about it too hard. Just don't. And like the the kind of surreal aesthetic going on with this show leads things that would not normally feel fetishy to kind of all of a sudden, like through this kind of surrealist lens feel a little fetishy, even though that might not. I do. Just the fact that he makes pies. What's he doing with all those pies? That's fair. He's selling them. Sticking his dick in them. (laughs) (laughs) He owns a restaurant where they exclusively sell pies. Yeah, it's his cover. Oh. Anyway, I'm just saying there's there's a lot of fetishy stuff in the show. Ronnie was was saying that. I was just backing Ronnie up. (laughs) There is a point. It's Ronnie's fault. When, when, when we first meet the woman who who seemingly enjoys being tied up, she is uh, standing at her kitchen window chopping a zucchini with a meat cleaver, which mm. that also feels like, you know, that's... <laughs> yeah, that's something to somebody, that's something. surely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's showing how aggressive she is, you know, I in some think, way, shape, or fashion. I do think these kind of, like, jokey fetish references are deliberate. Like, it's oh, definitely yeah. put in there to be kind of funny and kind of tongue-in-cheek. It it, um, it feels a little Chris Claremonty, except Chris Chris Claremont was not subtle or like doing it in a clever way. He was just like, "I'm real horny for X, so I'm going to put it in my X Men book." Where Brian Fuller, I, I agree with you, Evan, is kind of doing it in kind of a a, a sassy kind of tongue in cheek kind of way. Uh, one last positive before we go anywhere else. I love that there's a Halloween episode. Just love that. Not enough shows yeah. have a Halloween episode. I agree. Community always had good ones. Mm-hmm. I will also say, if to, to double back one second to like the fetish type stuff, is that like it's another really fun way that they use the narrator of something like when something happens that is like nakedly sexual or naked, just like completely over the top like this is an innuendo the narrator kind of eases it back into like wholesome territory of like "Mm, but the person didn't really mouth the person and have sex with them it's just like the i can't i cannot think of any examples but the narrator has a way of making it taking this thing that is very like overt and bringing it back to like the storybook kind of place the narrator will be like, and they were thinking of something completely different that did not have to do with the kind of like sexual position they found themselves in. Right. And it's like, right. oh, okay. Yeah, that's okay. Narrator. Mm, Thanks yeah. for telling me. I almost had to chop out my left eye, but thank you for, uh, for, for helping me out there. Uh, okay. Andy, Is it time? unless you have another one, Evan, that you want to, you want to make sure, make, push Andy closer into this, uh, yeah, I don't think so. Go ahead. 
these episodes could all be 22 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That's these don't gotta be uh, these don't gotta be 44 minutes. There's a lot of uh there is a lot that serves the style more than it serves the substance, I will agree. I don't need to see young young Ned. I don't need to see the lesbian ants, even though I love them. I'm just saying there's uh there's some uh there's some fat on these bones, we could trim it out. That is I really fair. don't uh I don't value these episodes for their narrative efficiency, I would say. Yeah. Um, so I don't need them to be shorter. Like, I don't need them to be shorter to be tolerable or anything like that. I w- would agree that their length and breadth may have contributed to their cancellation, though. Yeah, I feel like the show wouldn't have gotten canceled if it was 22 minutes. Yeah. I, I do feel like this is a... Um... You know, we we talked about this before with like the binge watching nature, but this is definitely like the effect of us watching these episodes because we have to because of a podcast um, where, you know, I am like, oh, I've got this many hours to watch this TV. I need to watch it in this many hours. And I I, it, it is a weird thing where I'm very, very much enjoying these episodes. I really like this show, but I am flicking that little joystick on my Xbox controller to see how many we have that many minutes left really there's still that many okay mm-hmm. okay pushing daisies um yeah constantly yeah, happening to me too where i'm like i'm like wow this episode's done i'm gonna go uh take yes. a take a piss and then i i go to like stand up and i'm like oh my god no there's 15 yeah. minutes left what when, the hell when olive goes to open the door and reveal to chuck's aunts that chuck is alive i was like Boom! We have a two-parter this week. Excellent. I'm so glad it worked out though. No, no, no. That was that was the <laughs> not quite the midpoint of the episode, but there was more episode in that episode after that yeah. moment. Um, yeah, that, that that is fair. They, they could be a little breezier. Um, I will say to Evan's point that you aren't watching this show to like get that procedural murder of the week you're kind of watching the show to just hang out in this fullerverse mm-hmm. sphere and kind of vibe. You're here to vibe with pushing daisies. You're not here to like blow oh, through man. it. I should, we should watch this show when we're a little bit high. I'm just saying like that. Ooh. Would, yeah. All right. Sorry. Sidebar. Carry on. We're going to come back next week and tell you how it is. High as fuck. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to um, maybe get a little bit high and watch this show. <laughs> we'll let you know how it is. <laughs> it's a fun idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, the the mysteries themselves are not particularly like, oh, it was that person who did it. Like it's it's you know it, it sometimes it's it's a twist. Sometimes it's very like obvious. And I I you know as you said, it, it's more for the show than for the story. Um, and I, I maybe I would feel a little bit better about watching forty five minutes of it if there was like some real genuine like wild twists. Um, but it is, it is more for hanging out and yeah, I would, I think I would rather have, uh, uh, I think I would rather have 22 minutes of hanging out and double the amount of episodes as opposed to the opposite. Yeah. There's a lot of leap pace. I, I didn't take notes this, this week which I almost always do because I was, I decided I wanted to work out a little bit while my baby slept and watch uh, pushing daisies. And then I was done. And then I saw Lee pace shirtless about to um, have sex with skin suit, Christian Chenoweth. Um, <laughs> and I was like, no, I gotta yeah, keep working out. That. I didn't, we didn't explain. I that don't think we should. Uh, I don't think we I don't should. Think we should. Okay. You just, you dream about that tonight. Um, yeah, and I I saw Lee Pace's uh, torso and said I have to I have to continue this working out thing. I'm never <laughs> gonna get to Lee Pace status. Uh, I just want to let everyone know uh, that Sebastian Stan uh, Instagrammed a picture of his bare ass. If that's just something you want to see, it's uh, on his Instagram. He did share it voluntarily. It's not like it, a leak or something. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. an accident, and it, it, like you can look at it in good uh, in good standing with the Lord. 
Um, this is a thing you there. This is a thing you do often, Andy, where you like immediately direct people while they're listening to our podcast away from our podcast. Every everyone well, who listens to this podcast. This- you can consume this visually and also continue to listen just, to our podcast. I don't know. Everyone's tuned in. We might as well read the credits at this point. Everyone's we, tuned out and it's just in Sebastian. Lee Pace and Stan Sebastian Ashtown. Stan are the two hottest uh, hottest boys on the ending pending podcast that we've drooled over. Michael and Ely. You, Michael Ely's Michael very Ely. Yeah. Michael Ely. Also, I'm very partial to Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Yeah. Carl Urban. Okay, well, Lee Pace and Sebastian Center are like probably my two top. They're, they're, sure. Mm, sure. I want, mm, want to get topped by I was them. Say, um, that was definitely Freudian. Yeah, oh boy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but you kind of drooling over Lee Pace's chest reminded me that Sebastian Stan showed everyone his perky butt. Is it a perky butt? I mean, of it's course very it's perky. perky. Pretty nice, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it, very round. Yeah. It's not like necessarily a sexual picture. It's kind of like a tongue in cheek, kind of like silly. He's being he's being being silly. He's being a little silly head. It's a butt picture, as Kim put it. It's a butt picture, not a ass picture. You know. Mm. Mm Hmm. Uh. But yeah, I I just figured out that everyone knows. Public service announcement. It was sponsored. Sponsored (laughs) a podcast. Sponsored by Sebastian (laughs) Stan's ass. Um. Oh, also, if you're in the FBI, Evan and I were just joking about smoking pot and watching Fish and Daisies. Yeah, we've never smoked pot this is before a silly, in our lives. We're being silly heads like Sebastian Stan. Uh, since we're still in the negative section, I will point out I don't love that uh, episode six is entitled Bitches. Because yeah, that was, I was all ready to be like, I love everything about these episodes, but you reminded me of that, and I don't love that. Yeah. It's very 2006. Yeah, it um I mean I know it was an episode about dogs, but it was also an episode about several women. So clearly they they thought that was very funny what they did there and I just yeah. don't I'm not into it. I did not didn't didn't appreciate it. They didn't uh like treat the women disrespectfully in the episode. I just don't like the mind of whoever came up with that episode title. We're not on oh. the same page. Oh, speaking of kink stuff, there was definitely, like, a lot of pet play in that episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess. I, I don't have many vines into that, so I, I did not pick up on that, but sure. Gosh, when you said his butt was perky, I, I don't I, I don't think I was even prepared for how yeah. perky. <laughs> Uh, this, this is a is podcast about Sebastian Stan's butt now. All Sebastian Stan's butt all the time. It's very good. I'm I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> I'll download yeah. and subscribe. Yeah. Anywho. It's good stuff. Anywho. Um, um, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, chime into a corrections and, 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 and omissions little segment mm-hmm. here. Do, 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 do. Um, that's the theme song for that. A uh, friend, friend of the pod, JV, uh, reached out to me uh, and took umbrage with the fact that we said that um, being professional mermaids is not a real career or, or it's not a career that people do or have or can have uh, or it's like specific to this world. Uh, JV wanted to point out that there's that they have many, many uh, uh, close contacts who are professional mermaids on the Internet. Um so, so I apologize to all the professional mermaids out there, and also JV. Yeah. Um, Sorry, professional mermaids. That was yeah. purely uh, my ignorance there. I think I, I assume it was me who said that professional mermaid is not a thing that you can be. I mean, I think the <laughs> I think the uh, the nature of the lesbian ants uh, mermaid career is very different than the J- the mermaids that JV is bringing up. That but, is also true. These are fictionalized uh, professional mermaids. Yes, yes, it's it's a it's a bastardization of the of your career path, and and we we that's what we were pointing out. Um, so so you know, uh, well done to all you professional merfolk out there living your dreams. Well done. Chase your bliss. Um, um, is there anything else we want to talk about about this show? Um, friend of the show Val Patron uh threatened to eat. All of our shoes, if they yeah. don't come on. So, um, oh, I guess we're having Val Patron on. You yeah. didn't have to eat our shoes, Val. We would I just well, here's invited the thing. you on the pod. <laughs> here's the thing. Val Patron now is has to come on 
and eat all of our shoes live. Uh, that's oh, just, wait, what? Yeah, that's 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 what's gonna have to happen. Um, live on ending pending, Val Patron eats a bunch of shoes. Um, so heard it oh, here since first. We, since we did a, a corrections this episode, let me just pop in with a, another correction. Another listener pointed out that Brendan Yuri is pansexual. Somebody, somebody on a previous episode said something about Brendan Yuri, and we apparently. You said the wrong sexuality. I believe I said he was bi, and I mean, I kind of consider Pan to fall under the umbrella of bi, just like well, lots that's of a things whole... kind of fall under the umbrella of gay, and like Sorry. non-binary falls under the umbrella of trans. But uh, yeah, it's possible I don't... that Brendan Urie does not feel that way. Yeah, so that's out of true. Respect for Brendan Urie. Brendan Urie is pansexual. Yep. Sorry, Brendan Urie. Yeah. You chase your bliss. Yeah. Um, another correction, um, real quick, when, when, when you said that Sebastian Sands' butt was perky, it's exactly as perky as I thought it was, which was very perky, but <laughs> yeah. I was still, I was, you know, I, I, I put on a little bit of a surprise there, but no, I was, I was fully suspected, uh, Sebi to, to, to be keeping it toy like that. Yeah, I'm sure he has a very, uh, um, very rigorous workout schedule for all yeah of well actually it's a very movies. it's a very narrow schedule it's just the butt i hear um just goes in twice a week and 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 goes to the gym and they say here for the full package and he goes just the butt and they wink back and say every time and then they go give him the butt package what is the butt package <laughs> if, if you have to ask you cannot afford it <laughs> All right, we're in a weird place now. <laughs> we've, taken, we've gone to a weird place. Speaking of a weird place, Evan, what's what would you like to talk about uh, a new a new place you're taking your own personal uh, oh, voice? That's the transition into the announcement of my new podcast. Thank you, Ronnie. I have another. Thanks for setting me up yeah, for Andy, that. Andy, go with a different transition. Correction. Okay, yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I just felt really left out. I don't actually have one. I just don't sure. like it if everyone else gets to do Absolutely. a bit and I don't. And he wants to correct my bad transition with a good mm. transition to uh, Evan's new podcast. Um, hold on, hold on. We probably... Let's let's take it from the top. Sure, let's, sure, sure. I'm sorry. Let's just, okay. Everyone, this is professional. We're, this is, we're representing Where They May Radio. Right. Uh, this also reflects on my other podcast, Force Friends. So, like, we gotta we gotta get our heads in in the game here. All right. I like even when you're when you're fake plugging your podcast, you can't even say the full name of your podcast. Force Friends. You're, yeah. you're just that. You're Force that Friends Hollywood. Rewatch. Yeah, people know what I'm talking about. I'm a fucking big deal. <laughs> uh, we got over 200 Twitter followers. Thank you very hey. much. Uh, I had to suck so much dick to get 200 Twitter followers. Yeah, on this podcast. this, this is not building up anyway. to an excellent transition. No, no, we're we're going we're gonna to do an excellent transition timeline from ending pending to the fucking uh, shit. I don't remember the name. I'm sorry. To Evan's new podcast. He's going <laughs> to reveal it. I'm doing uh, Ronnie, you can cut that bit out where I forgot the name, but Evan's going to reveal. Evan, well, it would have been pretty. It would have been pretty whack if you would have revealed the name of Evan's podcast. Yeah, we're gonna, Evan we're gonna. To. Okay, so we're just gonna take it from the top. All this will sure, be edited yeah. out. No one's gonna hear any yeah. of this. <laughs> okay, yeah. do we want to do three, two, one, and everyone just act like I told a joke? Okay, on one or after one? Uh, after. Okay, okay. and then we're okay. gonna act like I told a joke, and then I'm gonna transition to Evan. Okay, three. Two, one. <laughs> Andy, that was a really, really offensive joke, and I don't think that our listeners hey, are really going no, to appreciate No! No! Don't fucking play me like I'm Matt Mercer! No! Don't fucking stab me in the back! Oh, goodness. All that, Evan, the, was... Andy created so many audio peaks just there. And no! Shrieking into the microphone. Okay, okay. Three, two, one. <laughs> you, sound like, you sound like Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, with that joke out of the way, hey, Evan, why don't you tell us about the new show you're bringing to Where They May Radio? That's how you fucking transition, by the way. That was great. Thank you. Evan, take it away. Uh, I'm launching a new podcast in the next several weeks. 
called Fan Fiction is Good, actually. It's a podcast about how fan fiction is good, actually. It's also more generally about um, the fandom community, fan works, transformative works in general, and the impact they have on people's lives, and how we use them to find our identities, and how we use them to explore new ideas, and defeat capitalism, and stuff like that. It's a very wholesome podcast. We do say some bad words in it, but it's a positive take on fan culture, primarily to do with the internet. Does it get saucy? Uh, the most recent episode I recorded got a little bit saucy. Yeah, Ooh. a little bit. I have to imagine, I mean, I'm sure there is a clean tag uh, fanfic out there, but if people are really immersed in the fanfic community, they don't have a, they, they probably don't have a, a real low tolerance for uh, swears and saucy. They probably, yeah. they probably are okay with that. Yeah, there actually is a surprising amount of clean fanfiction. I know that fanfiction fan fiction kind of gets a reputation for being uh, an extremely horny medium. There certainly is horny fanfiction. There's a lot of uh, E-rated and T-rated fanfiction out there also. Oh, I'm obsessed with what who, who is combing over them deciding, mm-mm, this one almost was an E, but this is T. <laughs> this well, is... you self-rate the fan fiction, Ronnie. That's the author fair. rates the fan That's fiction. Fair. Can you imagine if we had a fan fiction rating board like we have for mm-hmm. films and television? The we did have, the horny, we did have horny police. We do have horny police in fan fiction. That's a, we can. We'll talk about that on the podcast. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's we're gonna drop the promo on Patreon first, and then we're gonna make it public, and then we're also gonna drop the first episode on Patreon first. Uh, mm-hmm. It will go out to the public, but Patreon people will get it first. I will also be doing patron-only episodes for this podcast. I've got kind of uh, two formats that I'm doing where in most episodes I will be interviewing people about their interest and experience in transformative works. And then there are other episodes where I will be doing kind of a deep dive into a specific concept by myself in a scripted episode to, to learn you about some, some weird shit. I am doing a scripted episode on Quizilla, which is a, a platform that people used to share fan fiction in the dark ages that were 2005 or thereabouts. Uh, I'm doing one on the Citrus Scale, which is like a whole thing. Uh, so yeah, there's going to be sort of two methods to consume this podcast. There's going to be kind of two formats and some of them will be secrets. They'll be only on the Patreon. This sounds right as fuck. This sounds very good. And I'm very excited for you, Evan. I know this has been something you've been wanting to do for a very long time. Yeah, I'm doing real actual research. I've ordered books on the internet, real books that are printed on paper. And I'm don't let these books be purchased in vain. This is Devin's yeah. new podcast. Yeah. It took me a really long time to find this one specific one from 1991. So listen to my podcast. Hey, this with that title great. again, Evan. It's called Fan Fiction is Good, Actually. And it's about how fan fiction is good, actually? It's about how fan fiction is good, actually. Hmm. Dope. Love that. Check that out. Uh, as we talked about on the Patreon, you can access the Patreon at patreon.com slash WTM radio. Find new awesome content from ending pending force friends, rewatch and fan fiction is good. Actually. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at pending pod and, uh, you know, send us, send us your Rex. And if you're, uh, uh, an awesome, amazing creator like Val Patron, uh, you don't have to eat our shoes. Just come. Just tell us. Just tell us you want to come on the podcast. We'd love to have you on. Everyone um, tweet a picture of Spider-Man at Val Patron until they come on the podcast. Just find yeah. a picture of Spider-Man and tweet it at Val Send Patron. Send them pictures of Spider-Man. Yes. Very good. <laughs> Very good. And Andy, what? we'll be back next time with, uh, is it the conclusion next time of... Of uh, season one of Pushing Daisies, I don't know. Oh, we'll figure it out. Who cares? We'll figure yeah, it out. It's fine. We're gonna watch. We'll we're gonna watch. <laughs> we're gonna watch more Pushing Daisies. So watch along with us on CWC. We're watching. We're watching three per Independent episode. Right. Regardless right. of how many there are, you'll be watching three if you're watching along. Uh. uh yeah.
Join us along. Andy, what do we say at the end of these episodes? I don't know. We say fan fiction is good, actually. Um, um, hmm, is that our new sign off? I yes. feel like we I'm, say Force Friends Rewatch from my other podcast. Um, fine, fine, fine. Works for me. Where they may radio. Sebastian stands, but it's so perky. <laughs> Is that is that our new thing? It's, it's a call so response. You know what you should do, Ronnie. You should get that audio clip of uh, Lee Pace going mm, moist. Again, just, make bring it back. Our, just make that our sign off. I back. thought about mm, moist earlier this week, and I was like, yeah. "How have we not talked about mm, moist? Those pies are probably so moist because he's sticking his dick in them." Uh, but I'll so, go. <laughs> I'll go. Sebastian stop. stands ass, and then Lee Pace can go mm, moist, and then we can end it. <laughs> This is a horny episode. This is so horny. <laughs> Sorry I brought us here. Yeah, no, it's all good. I like it here. <laughs> I, I'm also a hornball, though. Oh, Evan, Evan being like, yeah, in some circles, fan fiction has a reputation for being horny. I was like, well, yeah, that's because I'm really horny. <laughs> that's all the fan fiction I've ever read. I just assume all fan fiction's horny. That's because I'm really horny and consume a lot of fan fiction. So I'm a, I'm a rampant audience member. Oh boy. oh boy. All right, podcast is done. Podcast yeah, is yeah. done. That's the end of the podcast. Podcast is done. No more. Ever. <laughs>